Welcome to the Light the Sky podcast, where we go track by track, album by album, through some of the greatest discographies that have transcended generational boundaries. And we are right in the middle, right at the midpoint, album three of five of The Police, the power trio from the UK that is slowly moving from their post-punk roots to a uh, a new wave and really sheen, uh, high sheen 80s pop direction. And we are right in the middle of that with Zenyatta Mandara, who uh, who doesn't, I don't know what that means. You know, uh, we'll figure that out. Uh, more French, not this time, right? Kevin, do you know what that means? No, no clue. Okay, well, we'll figure that out. Um, but yeah, Zenyatta Mandara, uh, 1980, released at the end of the 80s, or at the end of the first year of the 80s, and boy, are we in the 80s bringing the synths. I'm going to be very happy with that. And uh, a couple of singles off this uh, record, but no major hits. So despite that, uh, do we have an album that's worth, uh, 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 does it stand on its own, or is it a transitional album before we get to the Ghost in the Machine and obviously their last album being, uh, you know, their, their, uh, you know, having the big hit on it. So, uh, what do we think about this one? It's a show of opinions. We've got four of them available for you. We've got four on the show tonight, Chris, Alex, myself, and Kevin, and we are ready to rock some police to you. So starting tonight again, by random order, uh, we've got Kevin. What are your opening thoughts on Zenyatta Mandara, Hakuna Matata? <laughs> yeah, I'm. Um- I'm a little bummed, honestly. Uh, I, I started this off. I was feeling strong. I was liking things. And then I, we had maybe a little bit more digestion time over this last week since the last episode. And I'm looking through everything now. And there's there's nothing wrong with this album. But I think at this point I'm expecting more and it's not like this is bad and i feel like i'm repeating myself from last week where i'm also expecting maybe the group to sell me a little bit it's not like i'm all down on this but this is where i'm at at this point they got five albums and at this point i wished that i had discovered that album of pure gold like that album where i'm like man where has this been all my life and i'm just not there yet and there's some decent songs here, and there's some songs that are okay, and there's some songs that are probably a little bit forgettable. But I just wish that we were at that point. So with that being said, I'm gonna give this. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give it a five and a half. But I could, I could shake a couple points. You know, if if they're, the arguments are strong, I, I I could see it going some some positive direction. Okay. Um, who's up next? Chris, I believe. No, myself. Oh, yeah, Chris, you're up. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, Kevin couldn't have said it any better. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. I don't know what it is. It's it, it's funny with the band at this point. They're they're sounding better, but the songs are just yeah. I don't know. It's kind of like you're like oh wait, and then you're just sitting for almost forty minutes, and by the end of it, it's. Yeah, it's funny. I actually, yeah, Kevin, I had you, you in my uh, in my statement. Actually, that uh, this uh, a lot a good chunk of this album is, uh, yeah, Kevin's. Oh, that's nice. But next, kind of, <laughs> yeah, like you know, it's funny. I kind of after listening to this a couple of times, I kind of came away from it the same way I did the Black album when we talked about that, where 
There's like six or seven really solid songs on here. They kind of rank with the best of what the police have done. And then there's like another five or six songs that are, again, either from, oh, that's nice, next to, I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah, which is a shame because, again, I think sonically, I think it's a minor step up from uh, the previous album. Uh, but again, well, why does it matter if the whole album doesn't yet, uh, if the songs aren't strong enough to hold up the production? So, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's not polishing a turd, of course not. We're not that. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff to talk about here, but uh, considering the reputation, it, I, I, like Kevin said, I was kind of bummed out, uh, especially, yeah, kind of towards the later half, but we'll get into that. Um, so yeah, as far as my score, it's funny, I kind of, I had six and a half out of ten, but I might bump it down just based on my rant <laughs> to, to a six out of ten. <laughs> Selling yourself down, Chris. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, my thoughts next. This is, uh, you know, probably, again, a song too long. Uh, it seems like the sweet spot for us, for the albums we review. I mean, if you've got a, you know, if it's not the 90s and you're putting more than ten songs in your album... You know, just, just you know, you're releasing an album every year. Just put a little bit uh, more thought into removing a song or two, and you'll be just fine. It really would be fine. You know, a lot of this just also feels like the police listened to a bit of The Piper at the Gates of Dawn, uh, Pink Floyd's uh, debut album, uh, the Sid Barrett-driven era, where it was, uh, you know, almost a little bit more free and experimental and psychedelic. And, and there's parts that, you know, when you add that to reggae rock or you add that to new wave, it just kind of comes across as just filler content. There's just a lot of just boopity boppity, like let's just, you know, plug along and get to the, you know, it's like the scene change music. There's right. just a lot of scene change music here. Um, you know, it, it feels rushed and I believe it was, um, and it comes through very much through the, in the music that the, the, the album was recorded and they just didn't have ideas that could build off of other ideas and eventually become more ideas and then become a coherent song that would stand on its own. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's, there's that exists on here, but that also is very missing, uh, on, you know, the back half of the album, for example. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, not divergent from anybody else here. I think I am going to, uh, sit, I don't know if five is too low. We'll see how it goes. I'll go a six trending downward personally. Okay. Alex, are you with us or are you going to forge your own path? Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely respect the, the opinions on this and I, kind of have to agree um i i think it's i like this record a little more than regatta to be honest uh, even though kind of a similar deal almost like the first record too where the top half of the record is really strong oh yeah and then it does start to drop off a little bit on side b uh, but uh, yeah, I would have to say there's just like kind of like what Chris said about seven songs or so that I really do think are strong and that I like. And there's maybe one song on here that I feel is maybe quite influential to what a lot of bands were doing in the 90s with the ska revival, which I'll talk about. And yes, there's definitely some kind of filler here and maybe some of the instrumentals weren't necessarily necessarily necessary um but yeah i like like the production uh i love the the drum sound i mean i already knew going into this like i was a big Stuart copeland fan i'm not a drummer but i always appreciated his drumming and a lot of my favorite drummers cite him as a huge influence and he just continues to impress me on 
there's songs on here that I hadn't heard before and it's just his groove and the way he can like push and pull with time and tempo and feel. So, um, yeah, overall I, I said, I, I think about, I like seven out of the 11 songs. So I, I think I'll go with a seven out of 10 on this and, uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Okay. You know, and, and to Kevin's point, it's pretty interesting that, uh, you know, I'm not really seeing the great police album or not really seeing why this group is so revered. And I was just thinking maybe that's the post police career of, I mean, Sting mostly, but right. I mean, just that, that really what you have that you look back at the discography, cause we haven't done a discography like this. Really. It's been the band's done. The band's done. Like, that's it. Like, I, you know, I know David Lee Roth had a bit of career after Van Halen and Roger Waters kind of had his own thing. But for the most part, it was they were like everything like their their best stuff was in the band. Band, right. Where, yeah, with, where everything goes back. But yeah, not yeah, Sting became such a monolith in himself. Yeah, that it's uh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and maybe we'll, so we'll never, maybe we'll never get that. Maybe we shouldn't evaluate it as, you know, where is that police album? Because the identity of the group is really to introduce the world to 80s, early pop, new wave, you know, saw right. reggae rock. And, and that was really all, you know, the, 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 the most influential thing we can, can expect. They're not going to be queen and just putting albums out that just absolutely, you know, make your ears drop off. Like it really is going to be something that's just going to be more transitory and, you know, unofficially great rather than, you know, a hallowed work of, of rock right. music to be put in the, you know, the, uh, among the greats. Right. In a sure. weird way, they kind of are like, cause I was thinking back to just our queen discussion, um, as far as where, again, I, maybe the police more just like queen, they're a singles band. I mean, you, when you think about it, I mean, cause I hate to admit it. I mean, the songs I really love and not because I've heard of a million times were the hits. I mean, those are the songs that really connected with me. And, mm-hmm. um, Probably even less uh, so here. Yeah, the the deeper cuts don't resonate like they did with Queen, which yeah, I don't know. Again, we're talking about a smaller discography, but yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, it's hard when you're a singles band with only like four or five records, and yeah, you're in your store. Yeah, where it's not like you have four or five top to bottom albums, which unfortunately, I'm sure we'll probably get skewered on Instagram for by the police police. But, uh. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, again, this is our opinion, but I, yeah, again, four guys who listen to a lot of different kinds of music and have absorbed pretty much since, yeah, we could re- remember hearing music. I have to be, I, I have to say, yeah, there is, yeah, this isn't, uh, yeah, we're not, uh, yeah, we're not really seeing it like Mark said, yeah, as mm-hmm. far as the, the legendary um and again, without without Sting, I mean, what 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 would you have? I mean, I know he. You'd have some talented he, musicians for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, the musicians are great, but as far as the songs, I mean, yeah, that Sting was kind of the guy who took him into the arena and the state and the stadium level. Yeah, I don't think yeah, if it was just not that I. I mean, I love Stewart. I mean, the and Andy is. I mean, musicianship. I mean, you can't argue that. Um, but if they had somebody else. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what did a fourth <laughs> member of the group? Well, who knows? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's let's get started. Yeah. We've got a hit right up top. Uh, again, maybe setting the template for the '90s a little bit for a singles act. But uh, the I guess one hit you could call from this album is right up front. Kevin, uh, take it away. This is "Don't Stand So Close to Me."
uh, this, this, I mean, Kevin, can you just, uh, while I'm talking here, just back it up to the very beginning. I love how this opens up, yeah. but really the contrast of this song between the, um, you know, the, the, the minor verse and the major chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it works, it works really well. It works in only a way that I think the police can pull off. It right. just fits within their style that they can just oscillate between the two, um, and, and just pull it off so well. Uh, and there's just a lot of subtle stuff in, in here in, you know, what Alex talked about with Stuart and, and just the way he breaks up a beat and the way that the timing push pulls, um, you know, that it just, just feels very natural that this song has a lot of that. And this song just has a great overall opening aura and Kevin kick back, you know, kick it back to the beginning and just, just see how police welcomes in the eighties. I mean, just imagine that opening a show. I mean, you can stop it here. I think you started it pretty much from here anyway. But, I mean, what a way to welcome in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, you can't argue with that. Yeah, that was four years before Miami Vice too, but it's very strong here. Yeah, it's got it's, that muscle. And it's it's the four or three years before uh, Yes and nine hundred two nine nine hundred two one zero. And I hear a lot of. I mean, we hear a lot of Rush in this, but you know, nine hundred one two five. Nine hundred two one five. Yeah. Okay. And, but you hear a lot of that. You know, like the that John Anderson yes and Trevor yeah, Rabin, no. like like uh, court like harmonized verses. Yeah. You know, maybe it's just the high range of Sting that kind of sounds like John Anderson too. But I never thought that uh, you know that, that that the police would have been an influence on and Yes's you know yeah, deeper cuts from that album. Right. It's very timeless, too. I mean, it's got that. I mean, the vocals are very strong. That's what I, what I was talking about earlier with the production here. Yeah, they're, they're definitely getting better with that. And especially in the stronger songs, you feel it. Uh, and again, like I said, I just wish they could carry it across 10 or 11 songs, which. But here, I mean, you can't argue. I mean, yeah, the, the and again, like you were, Mark, you were talking about the weird transitions where you've got that very dark kind of building and then it goes into that. Uh, that's very sky kind of chorus. Yeah. Uh, which you know it's weird for you it's because because i i do enjoy this song but i and, and again this is i mean because the police kind of use this more often than not uh that um where it's almost out of tune when sting's singing the chorus where at the end where he feels like he's kind of where it's not it doesn't sound like it's in any, in any key <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just kind of like, say tonalish yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like, like wavering yeah uh but i know yeah. but it's weird i don't know if the song would be as unique without that yeah it's weird i have like a love-hate relationship with that part um, but again, the song is strong enough across the whole three, four minutes. Yeah. That it's, yeah, you can't, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to, yeah, it's hard to argue as yeah. far as the bigger portion of the fan base. Yeah. You know what this song kind of demonstrated to me that I maybe failed to re- realize embarrassingly up until this point is that summer's plane is almost the glue of this band. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just feels like it just meshes together. I, I've never really felt a guitar like that we've just c- done in this discography yeah. like that before. Like obviously Brian May, you know, you're talking about we've we've covered some titans on guitar between Van Halen, May, uh, Kirk. I don't know, Kirk. But, <laughs> <laughs> but but James, you know, obviously a rhythm player. 
But it, it's just it just feels like it just pulls it all the instruments together. and the mm-hmm. composition together. And even throughout this album, I, I've, I've been impressed with that. And just it's a different way of thinking about the guitar. And I really appreciate this song in particular for opening my mind so up. Here's perhaps to, to a little sidetrack. So yeah. you got out here. Perhaps might be a little sidetrack thought here. Uh, who is more important to their trio, Alex Lifeslin or Andy Summers? I don't know. Maybe here because I mean, uh, yeah, Alex. I mean, was very much kind of a rock guitar player. That offer. I mean, the other when, later on. I mean, they got more interesting. But with Andy Summers, I mean, nobody was playing in such a weird jazzy kind of almost atonal. Right. Wait, because you hear, I mean, you hear that, uh, and I think he, yeah, I think you could say Andy Summers is probably one of the, the most, if not the most underappreciated guitar players, because uh, right. he doesn't, again, I mean, you you look at a lot of any other superstar band of that era, and I mean, nobody's playing like him. I mean, he's not a power chord kind of guy, um, but man, does it fit into the, and it kind of makes you, and again, this is a, a band that has a unique style, kind of like Queen did, and when it hits, nobody else can do it like that. Yeah. <laughs> nobody yeah. else can, can bring those styles together. Uh, like you yeah, try to write a song yeah, that has te- a chorus te- like this and comes across. Right. Yeah. yeah and the, the textures and stuff and then the weird chord voicings. Yeah. It makes it absolutely unique in the, the tones and, you know, the panning and different speakers and stuff. I love that beginning part where you kind of just palm, you picks those couple notes, mm-hmm. just letting you know, it's almost like he's like a kind of sound checking his guitar real quick mm-hmm. before the whole song kicks. And I love that. And, yeah, I agree. And just with the synth on this record, I mean, I, I don't remember. I don't think there was a whole lot of synth going on in Regatta. Am I, do you guys remember if there was? I don't remember any. There might have been even there, none. There's yeah. none, yeah. So I like appreciate here where they didn't overuse it, but when they do, it it really just encapsulates a mood and it almost gets soundtracky. I know there's like another song later on on the album that seems very soundtracky, but yeah, just the way they incorporate it into the into a trio i think is great just you know they didn't even go as far as how rush did it but it's just Mm -hmm. textural and atmospheric and yeah i love this way that the the way this one opens up and as far as band guitarists that are the glue for their band i mean i I would like personally for me the gold standard is mark knopfler Mm -hmm. um and you know they were releasing albums at the same time you know, their, 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 their stuff was, I mean, they peaked a little bit later, I guess, but the police had right. quit by then. But yeah, as so. far as a unique style, yeah, because yeah, again, Mark Knopfler is hard to, hard to pigeonhole. I think he was more versatile and more kind of maybe a little bit thicker than Andy Summers, but. And they were a four piece too, so. Right, yeah. Uh, so the sound, you could fill in the sound a little bit more, but uh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, there are two guys, yeah, that have a, yeah, again, and that's why you have to give them props. I mean, they, they introduced something that probably 95% of the other big bands weren't, couldn't, or couldn't have that imagination. It's yeah, like the Queen's nice. songwriting process, but instrumentalized. Right. You know, like you couldn't copy a Queen songwriting process. You'd lose no. your mind. Oh, yeah. You know, but yeah. <laughs> and that's nobody, why, you know, and that's why that, we value so. them. I mean, that's why, because, yeah, yeah they <laughs> have that. And like, and like Kevin said, as far as part of the arrange, uh, the guitar playing, it's not really, again, it's, this is a songwriting band. Yeah. Again, it's a part of the DNA of the, yeah, without Andy Summers' guitar, it wouldn't have the same feel that we know of the police. Yeah. Sure, it would just wouldn't be that. So good point, Kevin. Appreciate it. Now well, my thanks. stocks on the rise for Andy Summers as, as a guitarist here. Let's move on here to Driven to Tears. Thank you. 
<laughs> it's well, <done> right. yeah. <laughs> uh, th- th- this is my favorite song on the record and has been for a long time. I think just maybe seeing Sting play this live, because uh, this is such a drums song, I think. I mean, they are, they're all kind of shining on this. And then, Kevin, I'm glad you played the solo because it's so weird, but it worked <laughs> so well. It's so, like, angular and weird and doesn't make sense, but it's cool. And I love his tone. It's biting the way, like, the, he kind of... Uh, trem picks that that string like right into it and then it just gets really kind of weird and like that biting tone and yeah just the fills are great from Stuart and uh, you know doing the rack toms going across the top I just I love this song so much it's this is one where it's like I would love to see them play this live and just watch all the, the guys just kind of do their own thing. It's like where the whole band kind of comes together and shows off, but it still serves the song. Right, yeah, it's got a real Latin feel to it, yeah, as far mm-hmm. as uh, Stuart's drumming. It's just very subtle, very kind of, yeah, where you just feel use like percussion. just having a margarita. It's like some outdoor kind of, uh, you know, not sandals. This is not a sandals song. No. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, but again, this <laughs> is more sophisticated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, again, yeah, and this is, yeah, technically, I mean, one of the first kind of social justice songs yeah, that Sting kind of, if you read it, into it, yeah, a lot of it has to do with, uh, again, kind of the starvation in Africa. Um, here, I think it's uh, done a little bit better than what you've seen with other bands in the past. Yeah, it's a lot less kind of in your face. Uh, it's uh, a little bit more reflective. And I think, yeah, Alex talking about that solo, I think the weirdness kind of adds to the dark kind of tone of or dismay mm-hmm. that Sting's giving yeah. off. I thought that was kind of a good, uh, a good choice because yeah, you don't want anything melodic or anything. You want something that kind of gets at the heart of the of the issue. Um, well, and, here's uh, the thing with yeah, that solo is, is that, I mean, every other guitarist that we've covered, um, uh, Van Halen, you know, very blues influenced, you know, there's Chuck Berry all over the place. Uh, Kirk Hammett, you know, he'll wheedle wah blues his way through a solo. No problem. You know, maybe he's a little less maybe, but I mean, David Gilmer obviously rooted in it. Like what else could you be rooted in as a sixties born and bred guitarist? Um, and uh, queen, I mean, same with Brian May. I mean, what else would you have influenced you? But there's something different about his playing. That's a little bit more uh, jazz oriented. And, you know, I didn't break down the theory of that solo, but I mean, it sounds to me like it's called tritone substitution mm. where you basically take mm. the keyer in and then you substitute to uh, the tritone, which is the complete opposite, you know, or as far as you can go without coming back. So if there's 13 tones in a scale, then on the, you know, the it's sixth, seven, you know, it's, it's the, uh, the, would that be the sixth uh, step up? I mean, that is the tritone. Um, so that you would have a, uh, you know, just like this completely just odd, but it fits kind of, but you, and, and you have the opportunity to resolve it, which is what makes the solo so interesting. Like Alex says, it's angular and there's something about it that like, what's he going to do? Just rip into a blues riff in that solo. Right, like he yeah. has to right. do this kind of thing. So it works so well. And, you know, it, it's interesting hearing from a guitarist that just isn't rooted into just doing a, you know, Chuck Berry 2.0, you know, with some tapping. <laughs> like, it just is going to be his own style that just seems much more influenced by, like, you know, like a John Coltrane or a McCoy, McCoy Tyner or somebody, you know, the jazz greats. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah Kevin. Um, I, oh, go ahead. Yeah. If you got something to say. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to say, I appreciate the, the changes in feel in the song, too. Mm-hmm. You have kind of the shaky verses, um, like you said, that give you that almost Latin feel, but then slows down for the chorus. And just even the subtle touches, like the bass and guitar fill after they say driven to tears the second yeah. time, where it's dun 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 yep. dun dun. It's just, ah, oh, that part just made the song for me. And I just wanted to hear it every time it came up. It was just, okay, right. this is our chorus. This is what I'm going to say. And we can throw in this little fill. It's just, you can tell that 
there's some time put into this, and I think that this is probably my stocks on the rise song, right, the, yeah. like the deep cut that definitely caught my ear. Right. I'd, also, single, I'd also like to submit a uh, a warm blanket moment for that too, because it's such a especially the the chorus, because it's so different yeah. from the rest of the song. Yeah, just the way he sings it, just like feel like you're in a dark room. Yeah, just kind of with the lights dimmed. Yeah, having a right, having a drink. Yeah, it's just really. Uh, uh, and Mark, before mad. you jump in, I just wanted to yeah. point out as far as because, again, we're at the beginning of the 80s here. Um, there was one part in here uh, yeah, just as far as I'd like to call it the primordial soup of the 80s synth sound. Yeah, Kevin, if you could play at like 233, I just kept thinking, I'm like, man, that's just a part that just everybody kind of took from that. Yeah, you can just feel like the later with like Duran Duran and ABC and bands like that that just kind of took those kind of. Were you were you yeah. talking about the da 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 Yeah, just like yeah, just, yeah, just the way that the that the synth is uh, or the guitar. Uh, yeah, that's I think that's guitar. Yeah. Um, mm. But it's got that synthy sound that you can see. I don't know. That's the weird yeah, thing about it. Yeah, it feels like his, da, 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 you know. Yeah, yeah, about how Andy Summers presents yeah, his guitar style that just, uh, and maybe there were bands that thought it was something and just took brought it into a non guitar kind of. But it's got, and that's the, again, what we were talking about with Andy. He's got a very unique kind of approach where it is almost like a keyboardish kind of. Yeah. It is keyboardish. Yeah. And yeah. I was going to say, too, I love during the verses, too, when it's like, Bow, bow, like those kind of yep. panned off to like both left and right side. I don't know if they pan, they, uh, what's the word, kind of alternate with the, the pans, but I just love that part, like during the verses where it's so slow and it's just kind of, you know, jamming on the hi hat and it's just kind of this atmosphere, kind of delayed chorusy guitars, just kind of, kind of, kind of, this is like a headphone song for me. So, mm-hmm. for sure. yeah, this song Everybody's was just not killing it. Yeah, and this song was not a single, but it did reach uh, a number 35 on the Billboard charts. So it found its appreciation despite, despite not getting go. support from the label. I That's like one that. way to show I, the executives who's boss. <laughs> a deep cut that won't be kept down, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> I bet Sting was pretty happy about that. Uh, let's move on to a mouthful of a title. Uh, that would be When the World is Running Down... Make you make the best of what's around. Let's get our groove on here. Absolutely. You know, look at this as uh, kind of like a continuation of the last song. It's, they've got a very similar kind of feel to it with the guitar 
style, but it's still very good. It still works for some reason. I don't I don't know what it is. Um, and also, uh, after doing some reading on this song, I guess this is almost like a, a companion piece to uh, Bring On The Night, um, as far as more of a darker, reflective kind of song. Uh, it, uh, it were, it, the world is changing for the worst, but there's still, yeah, but luckily I still have yeah, a few things to kind of keep me going forward. Um, uh, yeah, I know uh, Bring On The Night was more about just... Uh, yeah, again, kind of that darker space and trying to keep, but kind of keeping you back instead of moving forward. Yeah, very weird kind of, because yeah, when I heard this, yeah, I thought it was another kind of, again, kind of a social justice song. But yeah, this, yeah, again, is more just like Sting just kind of, again, just reflecting on kind of the normal world. <laughs> uh, and again, it's it just drives forward. It's got this very subtle kind of, I don't think the guitar hits as hard as the previous song, but it's still there again like what we said before where andy is always kind of just driving it forward with the he's not trying to play in front of everybody he's just it's like kevin said it's in the dna um and yeah i don't know if yeah i'll let you guys continue yeah it's a very yeah uh, well i'll pick up the guitar thread of it i mean the way yeah. what makes this interesting um and i talked earlier about mccoy tyner and just voicings and how you have this you know you have stewart who's just kind of just got this bop and groove and it's obviously locked in with the bass. Um, and then Sting sounds like he's singing in another key because uh, Andy is adding so many uh, additional uh, chordal voices to his, just, you know, the chords that he's, he's playing on guitar that it makes it sound kind of like this nebulous, just, you know, atonal but not quite out of pitch uh, uh, feel to it that really mm -hmm. makes the song unique. I mean, there's too much repeating in this song that's kind of a police. That's what makes me think that this is just, just like an idea. Just going to say that. It is. Yeah, it I does mean, repeat, but I don't know why. You just get locked into that yeah. groove and i that and this yeah. actually happens on another song on this record where yeah I, I said what did i say it's long and repetitive but it never gets too annoying for like a, me like another song on this album that we'll get to, <laughs> well no i mean I, I, if it's what i think it is uh i actually didn't mind that but, but i i agree <laughs> that that's kind of how it is on this one it's just it's a great groove and we were you know some of us were at a wedding last night, and part of me wishes this was played. Yeah. Just a deep-cut <laughs> groove track the out police. there. Yeah. It's just simple, and you just get locked in, and you could like, you know, if anything, uh, Stuart kind of makes it a little bit more interesting with his different fills and the way he kind of builds it up and stuff. I think the repetitive nature of some of these songs wouldn't be as bad if they hadn't fallen into the trap before. It's like you're pulling over the guy for the third offense. The cops coming to the window because he's pulled over the same car. It's like, come on, buddy. You know you you know what you're doing yeah, now. This is the second, you know, this is the third time I pulled you over. I want to, it's who I am though. <laughs> I want to play an example of that. And I apologize since this example video is and actually from a tutorial uh, because it's hard to find. I searched around a little bit, but when I was talking about these these chord voicings and how uh, just rooted they are, they seem to be are in 60s jazz uh, and McCoy Tyner's playing. This is from a tutorial on how to play like McCoy Tyner, so there might be some talking, but you can kind of just this just demonstrate uh, rather than me talk about it right 
I mean, just those those stacks of notes that just sounds like that's what he was going at with his guitar. And it just again, it's not rooted in in blues as much as it is in jazz. I know jazz is rooted in blues, but right. it just seems like it's it's it's, it's like you know you, like a species of animal. Like a, like dogs all have their all ancestor is not a wolf; it's another animal above that evolved right. to both of them. Like that's what kind of it feels like to me. Like their 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 lineage is jazz. Uh, I know they both evolved from blues, but you know, it just seems like there's as much more of that. And that's what makes this song unique. It just really sets himself apart in this uh, as a part of the trio that's still working together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we got our groove on. Let's maybe get our hoe down a little bit for uh, a police little, little hoe down. Who knows? But this is Canary in the Corner. button real quick here okay did anybody else hear an ow in there oh yeah, I, did. I, I yeah, heard yeah. a little yes, little I little uh oh, i don't know a little michael jackson uh, you <laughs> in my police you know it's funny i was trying to come up with a term for what this is and i think without the band even realizing it i think they briefly gave birth to a footnote subgenre of speed yacht rock if punk rock meets yacht rock like i said it's got that it's got that yeah but it like it's got like that driving yacht the motorhead kind of i'm like what the heck is this yeah like i, like I, the idea, yeah, yacht I don't punk. know again this is a fun song i'm not gonna rip on it too much but uh uh again this is uh sting as a songwriter kind of uh allowing kind of the uh the song or the listener to put in their own kind of you know, again you read it i mean it's pretty vague i mean it's just somebody struggling with the most mundane aspects of life whether it's relationships or whatever he doesn't go into a lot of detail uh but enough to where it kind of becomes relatable for everyone uh there is one it's it's funny when bands and i, and I think i came across something in my research as far as where he has admitted there were certain moments where his rhyming kind of did kind of jump the shark a little bit and uh, i gotta read this uh, and this is only somebody who's as worldly as sting could read, write something like this so you say what you want to spend the winter in Forenza. You're so afraid to catch a dose of influenza. God, what a what a what a line of triple uh, A poetry. <laughs> I had to go back and I'm like, wait, what did he say? I'm like, ugh. I mean, I'll give yeah, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll give him credit. I mean, that's always the hardest thing is just finding that uh, yeah that thing to keep it all together, but. <laughs> Yeah, there's, but yeah, every once in a while, yeah, Sting in particular has moments like that where it's, I don't know if he's trying to sound like too smart, but sometimes it kind of, yeah, it kind of takes you out of the moment a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I talked about Driven to Tears as being my stocks on the rise. And unfortunately, two tracks later, where 
I'm selling my stock, stock. off. This is, this is a stock's on the sink for me. I, I enjoyed this on first listen, and then on a couple of listens through the album again, I'm like, oh, man, this, I just can't get into this groove. Something about it, I can hype, 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 hype. It's kind of got that chicken bum. arms to it. Like, yeah, 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 you, you, you got the I chicken like the arms playing. going. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of chicken, the pl- chicken arms going on this one. For <laughs> yeah, sure. the plane is, is is like you know, it's solid, it's tight, but like that combined with canary in a coal mine as a title is just not cool. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, it, I'm kind of selling. It's yeah. one of those back off songs. Like, dude, back off the four spot. You don't deserve to be up here with the other ones. Like, you, you, you maybe should be like, you know kind of push back towards that cut line and maybe even <laughs> over the edge. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I could see that. I it's it's a, a fun little catchy song. And I actually a little remember ditty. the song from a long time ago. Actually, I, I was trying to think. I just had, had this memory the other day. Um, but when I kind of first really got into this band, and Kev, you would know this. Our, our friend Tim Mack that we went to uh, Viter with had yeah. the uh, police like box set cd it's just self-titled it's the three of them on the cover in black and white and then it just says the police in yellow on it um and for okay. some reason this song this song was i shouldn't say, say for some reason i mean i guess it maybe is kind of considered like a second tier classic i think i read somewhere but it is included on that greatest hits and for some reason i remember coming across that one and remembering i think just like the title kind of struck me or stuck with me and i heard it again in a day and yeah i, I think it's all right it's not a bad little It's just chip. a hard song to get somebody into the police who is not into the police. Like you're gonna have to get through this. I know you want to hear every breath you take and you want to hear, you know, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff, but this is just very one of those. Um I don't know, it's two minutes and twenty six seconds, so not too not offensive. Too, not too offensive. Yeah. yeah. No, it's true. It's just a not I don't know. It just it's, doesn't have the magic of that Van Halen and Queen could capture with their little ditties. Daisy, yeah, that's, I know, that's yeah. true. This this could be like a diver down summary track where if you listen to I mean, maybe outstand uh, outside of the chorus of Don't Stand So So Close to Me where it gets really kind of feel good and majory. I mean, the first like three songs are kind of dark. I mean, when the world is running down has like this groove, but it's not necessarily the most poppy thing. Mm-mm, it still has right. like a dark tear, and especially driven to tears. And then this just like open up the open up the blinds and let the sun in on this song. I just I just kind of feel yeah. <laughs> I feel like you put in your batter who's hitting about a buck ninety in the cleanup spot, and, and he need he needs to be going. That's the way we gotta going. analyze these records. It's just like a starting the lineup for baseball. Yeah, yeah. he, uh, he needs to be going right before the pitcher. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 your cleanup, and it just it just it's true. <laughs> it just didn't bring a broom. <laughs> <laughs> Bases stranded. Yeah. It's, it just grounds right into a double play. No, I mean, like, the first three like players got on, time. and here's the guy that just is, is just guaranteed to strike out and just punt the inning. Uh, punt the inning. Just, 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 just send the inning south for you. You know, all of a sudden you had bases loaded, nobody out, and here this guy comes on to kill the momentum. And then the next guy hits into a double play. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, let's see if it goes that way. We'll see. Yeah, I got one coming yeah. up that's just, I'm not too well high on. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, let's move to the voices inside our heads with um, talk about getting dark, maybe.
Yeah, for this song, I do want to compliment yeah, Sting's bass playing and Andy's guitar, which I think lifts this up, but only to a specific point for me. Yeah, and this is what I was talking about earlier. I was alluding to the, as far as the overly repetitive nature that the band has kind of taken advantage of a little bit. Because uh, again, it's like, oh, okay, it's building. Okay, and then I'm waiting for it. Okay, and we're like, okay, a minute. All right, a minute 30. Two minutes. <laughs> and it's still, you've got him doing like singing the... Yeah, the uh, the chorus kind of almost in the background. Yeah, yeah. where it's, it's almost like an effect. It's not really like a background vocal. It's not even really. I mean, there's a little bit of, but it, yeah, as far as the actual verse, there's this, yeah, the song really doesn't have like a normal verse section or any verse sections. Yeah, um, it's and by the time you actually get to the like, okay, you're like looking. I'm like, oh, there's only 50 seconds left. Like, what the hell? <laughs> it's like there's a great, there's a great. This this is going back to as far as. Uh, and again, we have because we're pretty much at the band's peak, if you want to call it that, um, uh, where you go from great songs to great or great albums to great songs to great ideas. And that's pretty much where we're at. And we're not at that point in anybody's career. At this point, it should be great albums or or at least a lot of great songs. But we don't have that. <laughs> this is one yeah. of those. Like, OK, yeah. I like the guitar playing. I like the yeah, I like the it's very funky. It's very uh, kind of like, all right. And then. And then I find myself being let down just slowly. You know, you know like what a, I'm yeah. let down by? This album, and you know, we're we're right at the beginning of the '80s. Maybe they just needed a few, you know, years to figure out how to do this. But these song titles don't match the quality of songs. <laughs> when you no, see yeah. a like song, when you, you get shadows for in a the title. rain. Voice, that's got to be good, right? It's 1980, <laughs> like a song called "Voices in My Head." Like I'm expecting this thing right here. Russ Ballard. <laughs> yeah, Russ Ballard voice was is in my YouTube. head. Miami Vice for sure. You know, good stuff. That's what I'm kind of set to expect. And I just kind of get this chair changing music that I'm just not really. <laughs> I, I love how there it's an actual lead vocal, not a weird, like I said before, like a weird background vocal that's just kind of falls flat. There's too much vamping on this album. Like, I don't get it. Like, people, like, I'm looking at the critical reception part on Wikipedia. People were here. complimenting the vamping. Yeah, I mean everything's given a four and a half, five stars. Like it's just like it's just a vamp for four minutes, and it's not the first time this is going to happen on this record. This yeah, is again yeah. probably getting into those very sensitive, pretentious fans. Yeah, I'm sorry, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> this like, song, stop kidding yourself. Uh, yeah, this song yeah. when I hear it, um, kind of almost foreshadows like Sting's solo career with like the world music. Mm -hmm. Like when he got onto, what was that, that Desert Rose? I think it's one, one of the yeah. songs, great song. Something about like this African jungle like the inside of my head, like that vocal in the background, like it's kind of yeah. Yeah. Bellow, bellowing, bellowing throughout the jungle. Yeah. I, I like this one. I, I, I knew that this was going to be the one that you thought was long and repetitive, <laughs> but I, I personally didn't think that it got too annoying. And I, I just, again, I listened to it. I'm like, okay. holy crap, just the drum sound is incredible. The drumming is I, great. The production is great on it. I, I didn't mind this one too much either. I, I, I complimented the musicianship. I mean, that I had right. no. But but again, after, I think it was more, I'm waiting for something to happen. Like, okay, they're doing what they do best. Sure. And then, like I said, by the time you get to two, two and a half minutes and nothing is, okay, you're waiting for like, okay, here we go. We're getting well, there. And you're like, all right, we're I there agree yet? Okay, with why that. aren't we there yet? Okay, all right, okay, it's still I going. All right, yeah. it's like, okay, where yeah. are we? 
I don't agree with Chris. And I, I feel like the problem is that it, like another two months in the studio to flesh out some of this, make them into a little bit more, less of just, you know, transitory pieces and right. standalone songs. But then again, I mean, we're in the area where, you know, Van Halen would uh, be on tour and then they'd be in the studio for two weeks, crank out an album, go back on tour. Then they'd be in the studio. Like bands could do that. You know, they could yeah, crank out an album in two weeks. I feel like that that's more Van Halen style though, the straightforward rock. That lends itself to banging out songs in the studio for two weeks. Yeah. Like, Pink Floyd was doing it too, though. I mean, they yeah. were on a pretty hectic tour and then, you know, album cycle. I, I hate to say it too, but this song reminds me of Wall era Pink Floyd, which, oh boy. Was, a, w- which was a year earlier. Mm-hmm. So they're not breaking any new ground here. Well, um, let's get to the next one. And I am going to claim my letter right here. Right up no, front. wait. Wait, I wanted to claim my letter first. No, so I can I can I claim my letter all right, for like uh, uh, all I need is twenty right, seconds. I promise. Okay. Well, let's move back to the beginning of that clip again. Uh, that would be around 132 for those of you following at home. And uh, let's listen to this solo. Oh, I already know it. And do you know what I, that I, reminded I, me I, of? I, and I, I already I, know where I, it's going. I know where it's I going. Hope, I hope this loads for me, but. Play it. What I was thinking, you know what? That's so all right. You know I've got a drop too. It ain't Bill Nye the Science Guy theme music. No, you know what that guitar solo sounds like? That's, What's that? That's Alex Lifeson and YYZ. Yeah, a little bit. Oh. You're right. Is what well, that I, is. I, well, I'll just say that Bill Nye the Science Guy's got a uh, guitar solo going on there too. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> with well, the who, who, right. who, Bill, Bill, right Bill, in the Bill, middle Bill. of the guitar solo too. Let's just get down and get in a circle and start <laughs> chanting. Um, Stu, Stu, <laughs> you can't write a song. <laughs> just give the pen back to Sting. Yeah, this I, is I, terrible. I, like this makes me long. You talk about the wall. This makes me long for Fletcher Memorial Home. <laughs> it does. It really does. This is Whoa. so bad. Yeah. It's 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 a shame because the musicianship is fun and interesting to listen to, except for the who's. But that chorus, my God, is it just so yeah, toneless and uninteresting? And just strongly reminds me of this right here. Leonard Nimoy, the ballad of Bilbo Baggins, and bombs away, bombs away, bombs away. It just, 
Go away. Don't write any more songs on my post. I've probably got something sorry. good coming up that's going to really show me. I hope this gets but back to Stu. <laughs> it, it, it's just when you get five Stu songs, that whether you like it or not, I at least appreciate. Like, Chris, you bring in the you know, the, the meaning behind it to the table and then I get it and then you get bombs away. Oh, I know. Just yeah, that's the, because I said, I'm like, is this just like goofball kind of like in the what, military it, industrial complex? I don't know. It, like, it's like it, okay, it's like funny. It, it kind of reminds me of, uh, well, like the, the, this is like the on any other day of this record, but at least with that other one, that kind of worked in a weird way where it was very tongue in cheek. We're here. Yeah. Like you said, the, the musicianship is really strong here and that solo is great. I don't know what song, Solo is great. For, yeah. yeah, I this it's I don't think I've heard a guitar solo that was more out of place for a song than that one was. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, again, you go through all this weird goofball kind of yeah, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh wow, that's really neat. And then even the ending, like uh, we're behind the uh, that awesome uh, chorus where you have uh, Andy playing guitar, just a simple kind of melodic line. I think it was very filling. I don't know what it's yeah, very simple, I like but I really like the. Uh, but again, I mean, Andy's contributions can only hold up a song so much before it kind of. Uh, but again, there's a lot of good stuff here, and there's just a few things keeping it back. Yeah, I think that's more of the. Uh, and I, this is the first time I've heard the word belly used in a, uh, in a song. Yeah, the journal scratches his belly. <laughs> and it's right up oh, yeah. front, too. That didn't escape me either. Like, it's I like, feel isn't like, like the first I, lyric. And he I emphasizes think, it too. Scratches his belly. No, I know. <laughs> I, 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 feel like, I feel like the song title is. Uh, Almost too fitting on a uh, section of the show that might be happening a little later. Yeah, it also has a, it also has a very much kind of like a 1940s kind of like a movie, like a like a Gene Kelly movie or whatever, or Fred Astaire, like a like Anchors Away or something like that. Yeah, like that kind of I, yeah. And maybe it would have worked. Maybe I wish they would have done just like gone and done like a show tuny kind of thing and just gone all out instead of this weird kind of. Queen yeah. could do that. I'm not sure you could get that from the police. Yeah. And that just wasn't right. Thing. But yeah, I can safely say I've never heard a song compared to both Leonard Nimoy's impeccable hit Bill Bo Baggins and Bill Nye the Science Guy, uh, the same song. So uh, I guess props <laughs> to him there. Yeah, this is like a this is like a really good sandwich with a weird ingredient, like I don't know, like a, like pineapple and like a ham sandwich. <laughs> it's like salad that people make. And then you bite into that, and it's like, or, or maybe you don't notice it right away. You're like, no, there's just something. Not right with it. There's something in here, and then you open it up. You're like, oh yeah, that's yeah, that's why. I just it's almost all, like all the nonsense. You know what? You know what? This this harkens back to are some of those Queen songs, where the verses and everything around the most important part of the song, uh, arguably the chorus, uh, is great. And then once you get to the right when you need to deliver, it kind of drops off a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> We're okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't, like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't hate the, the chorus, but I know what you mean. It's like oh, I f- figure like there could have been something else. No, it's weird. It's, 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 it feels like they were like they took like they like each band member was writing a song and then they just poured it into a hat and just shuck it up and then just dumped it out and like like okay this yeah. is I don't know like, what it's this just is, lame. but I don't know. I mean it's, it's all they're all kind of cool chorus and, and because but, we're yeah. we're police third album now. Yeah, we've got the ego. Okay, we're gonna push it out. We don't care what anybody thinks. But um, yeah. who, is, who is the producer on this one, Nigel? Nigel Gray. Yeah, Nigel Gray. Nigel Gray. Nigel, cut the who's. Whoever's idea was <laughs> that, just just she should have sent him home or just say, yeah, we'll record it and then mute it on the final mix. It's offensive enough to stand out. It shouldn't be that <laughs> offensive, but it <laughs> yes. is. Because the solo is killer. Yes, yeah, the solo is great. It is. Yeah, that's yeah, why yeah, I'm, yeah, like, yeah, I'm is, like, what so. song am I doing? Like, did, did we just change mid? Like, okay, are we going to do a new, like, uh, it's like a new, like, weird little instrumental track? Like, no, it's not. Uh, 
That's mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> this yeah. time you're yeah. begging for an instrumental track. <laughs> Usually we'll, it's the we'll other way, way around. Like yeah, we won't uh, spoil the. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk uh, about some others later. Yeah. Alert, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> is, flip it over. Is it is it Sting to the rescue for this next song? Da do 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 da 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 da. funny for years i never noticed that there was a duh in front of the doo-doos and the da-da's i always thought it was doo 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 da 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 i never noticed you know what i think i hate it with the duh in front of it yeah like when i actually paid attention i think it, it i think looks, it all it, sucks yeah it's just a weird like i know i shouldn't because again the music is very strong here and i do appreciate staying kind of poking fun at the art of writing simple pop songs i think that was kind of his point mm-hmm. uh and uh yeah just the singing yeah just like in the pre-chorus and the chorus i just love you um the, the music is very professional it's not very you know, this is not a simple pop song even with the uh and i kind of like that um uh, at 238 kevin here where andy does these weird little kind of jazz oh, kind of well the, the delays on the guitar yeah, yeah I, I put that too <laughs> That's a great build up. You know, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. Yeah, this yeah, now this is a concept that shouldn't have worked. I mean, we're I mean, this easily could have fallen into the bombs away category. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't know why they they just saved the good stuff for this one and they just left bombs away in the yeah, back in the uh Well, it's it, very very strange. Yeah, I don't This know. opens up the side too. Kevin, can you back it up? Just like give us the experience of flipping over the record and dropping the needle. Doing it from the and, start. And, and, yeah, uh, just right. back up to the Here top. There we go. We're going to have the turntable sounds. Yeah. The guitar part and like just, just the bass, the, the, the progression behind it. It's that's a warm blanket part. It it is absolutely there's there is a stillness that can only achieve by the be achieved by the eighties that is present in this. I, I hear just, so much John Hughes in this too. Like I could mm-hmm. hear this being played mm-hmm. in like Ferris Bueller or something like this. It's like not in a huge scene, but 
just like, like a the fast times. It just it has that like this song is specifically those verses. And again, like Stu, like speeding it up in the choruses, but just pulling it back so well on the verses. I mean, he's a master. He just makes you this band so great. You mentioned the verses, and the thing is, like, I just you know I, I'm not going to rant about this, but. Like singers of the early 80s, find a way to communicate your point without resorting to baby talk in the chorus. Radio Gaga, dee do 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 dee da. Like, stop <laughs> yeah. it. Get your baby talk out of my rock. Like, I get it, but there's got to be another way. Like, I, w- I-, I will listen to this all day. I will throw this on and I want to experience this just driving at night with the top down and the stars out and just that feeling, that late summer feeling. And then you get to the chorus. And it's just a buzzkill. Like it really, like it, it just, it's not, it doesn't make it a bad song overall. It's not that bad. Like I don't have a hate for it like I do Radio Gaga, but it just takes something that they just, they had a magic going. Like mm-hmm. they had the every breath you take just sound here, but then they just didn't follow up with it. They had to yeah. go to baby talk and, and, and act all, you know, superior to I their, you know, their, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, one, one thing I realized, I had seen a picture. Have you guys seen the music video for this song? No, I have not. No. I have not. No. All right. Well, a couple of us uh, will be big fans of this. Um, but I had seen a picture of the band using these before, but I never knew what it was from. And I just found out it was from this video. I, I can put it in the chat, but uh, pretty sure Andy and Stinger are both using Hamers. Are they really in this video? Nice. Well, it makes me, uh, yeah, makes me a little bit happier. I like the hammer bass. That was yeah. That was eighty. Yeah, that was the. Was it uh, one of these songs? Like one of the first MTV videos? Was it "Don't Stand So Close to Me"? Maybe. Uh, uh, yeah, I think they. Yeah, I think uh, they they must have saved some from because yeah, I think um, MTV launched in, in late eighty one. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe so it was every little think, thing she does yeah. is magic. Maybe off the next record. Yeah. It was like an early MTV staple. No, I think they did have music videos from this record. I just don't know. I think maybe they were just holdouts. Uh, yeah, because I think even prior to MTV, I mean, there were bands I mean, because Queen was doing it. I mean, as far as recording sure. music videos, so bands were still doing it. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, maybe they were don't holdouts. Where it's like, okay, now we have a platform. Okay, here's okay. Now we have these videos from a year or two ago that we can finally start promoting them internationally. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I, I still I, like their look watching this music video. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's I, great. I, I, one of my favorite parts of the uh, song is that build-up that we played. Oh, yeah. God, I love that build-up. And just the shimmering vocal harmony on top that's just slightly dissonant. Um, that's that's a nice, subtle touch in this song that I appreciate. I, I think I've probably heard this song before. Or I was definitely familiar with it. But uh, on a deep listen, that, that's the part that stood out to me is having some magic. It's, am I the only one though that just it just like I, I I there's so much good stuff here that you know it's almost it just makes it more of a disappointment. Does anybody else just hate that chorus the way I do? Because it just no. it seems like that the verse is gold, the the build up is gold, the bridge yeah, is great. I mean, and it's, then, it's well once uh, Chris mentioned like the meaning behind the the you know the title of the song and why he sang that. It, it helped it. I mean, I don't hate it. Uh, I probably actually like it more than Bombs Away. It is like a goofy song title, I will say. And it's like, I know how you were mentioning earlier. It's like, you know, the song titles are so good, but the songs don't reach up to them. It's almost the opposite here. Yeah. Where the title is horrible, but the song is so great. 
Right. And yeah, I mean, it's a little corny and cheesy during the chorus, but I don't mind it too much. I think it's it's good. It's it almost what does the been, it does yeah. it does the summery canary in a coal mine thing, but like much better. Do you guys Would know where been the title came if from? It were... uh, it was like a son, 40s wasn't movie, it? wasn't it? Correct. Yeah, you're right. What that was actually a trivia question, but I, I saw Alex. I think I got the impression he kind of looked it up, so I figured out. I, I didn't actually. I didn't, okay. No. But uh, but that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Sting uh, heard his. Uh, I've got a lot of trivia questions, so it's fine. But uh, but yeah, I think that was the thing. He heard his son saying it. Well, fig- it's kind of funny when we hear that. It's just like okay, yeah, he's just saying things. Okay, I'm not going to use that in my work <laughs> for an album that I need to break us. Yeah. 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 To feed my family. I know. Well, yeah. Luckily, the music was strong enough. Yeah. Well, let's let's move on from the hit. Then um, is this song so offensive that Sting had reason not to play on this song? Um, this is behind my camel. You know, I want to hate this, and this is part uh, of the album where it just starts taking that turn into, uh, you know, Pink Flo- early Pink Floyd, Sid Barrett, psychedelic Floyd territory. Um, but I love Mr. R- uh, Richard Wright, and this just sounds like something he would write. And it's also got a very much a, you know, driving up the mountaintops to uh, the uh, uh, the Overlook Hotel from The Shining. Like yeah, it just kind so- of got that unsettling mm-hmm. feeling get- that. I get John Carpenter Halloween vampire vibes from this. Because that's the yep. thing. It, like, it almost doesn't really, you feel like it wouldn't really make sense to be on this record because it's so different and it's uh, instrumental. And it, I don't know, it mm-hmm. seems like they could have just almost did this for a soundtrack or something. And I maybe would have appreciated it more. I do like it a lot for what, what it is. Yeah, you, you know what? Make me three of what? three. I don't yes. mind this song either. Um, I... <laughs> guess i mean it's just there for me uh, <laughs> it gets 3.5 yeah, it's out of that four. oh that's nice next kind of for me um it's funny this kind of reminded me of like a proto version of the uh, brazilian off of invisible touch uh, which is an couldn't be more of a superior song but that's a great yeah song. it just has that real kind of dissonant kind of yeah very weird cinematic kind of quality to it uh but with that one that's a full kind of composition that goes in a lot of it takes you on a musical journey we're here I don't know. Uh, I can see why there might have been a little contention between the band members where it's like, but there is actually one later that is even more. So I mean, it's so, interlude so maybe I'll music. give it a, maybe I'll give it a little bit of a plus. Yeah, it's yeah, interlude here. music through and through. But I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't make me want to reach reach for the skip button like Canary in the Coal Mine does. Like it isn't that I'll stick around for the. I'm more likely to stick around for this one. You know okay. what? You know what? Sting, suck it up. And play on the song. That's all I have to yeah, say. I if the I song, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it, we would get we would have gotten another goofy uh, 
child child ridden chorus again. Uh, so maybe it's good <laughs> that he sat this one out. He would have thought he wanted to behind my camel. No, I wanted to call the song "Dee Doo Doo Doo." Offended by the decent song title. You're going to put your band name on the front of the album, play on all the songs on the back of the album. Like, there's, come on. Yeah, What's whining. the reason? You couldn't go bum, 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 I, bum for two I seconds. Would've, I would have loved to have seen the scene of like Sting taking the cassette and just digging a hole in the back of the studio and stuff in the disc <laughs> down in the. I love that story. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. I, right. Yeah. God, it's, yeah. How great. Yeah. Come on. You tell, yeah, I wonder oh, if that wow. was the beginning where when things got really bad between him and the rest of the. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's not a real anyway, environment. Yeah. Yeah, let's move on. Um, are we gonna close out this album strong with these last three tracks? Maybe some of the song titles would hope so. Uh this is Man in a Suitcase. This song, um, the uh, it, I hate how literal it is, and that airport walla is just unsettling. But that chorus just grooves. I it like does, it. Yeah. it. It's just a man in a suitcase. I mean, it's super short. It, it's got that great reggae rock, just that upbeat guitar sound, and and Stewart's uh, like the double snare fills. Oh, so mm. good. Yeah, I, I love it. Like it, yeah. it really, the good outweighs the bad on this one. And and this maybe. is the song that I was thinking had to have inspired. I mean, maybe not not inspired because I think a lot of those like '90s ska revival bands were listening to stuff like the Specials and a lot of like the Trojan Records stuff. Um, but I mean, you could hear like no doubt on this and like the boss tones and maybe even like like real big fish. It just just it's 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 not quite it's not quite aggressive enough to be like a punk track, but just the like upstrokes and just the brightness of it definitely led to i think that like mid to late 90s like scour revival so it's it's cool it's a nice like kind of back half uh deep cut i think right i do like yeah the clip that kevin played as far as the uh, with the chorus i i for some reason in the in the rest of the song i hate sting's emphasis on man in like the normal like man in the sea and then he drops down i don't know just for whatever reason it just kind of annoyed me um and i don't know at this point it's like i was i mean i think they did as far as that full reggae sound, I think they did it better in the past, like on like here comes the night and stuff like that. I thought were more, uh, more interesting, but I mean, it's nice. I mean, it was cool. Yeah. Getting a kind of a song that's easy to follow. And uh, like, we're just about, about life on the road. Um, yeah, I, I liked, uh, it, uh, yeah, as far as, yeah, the comp, uh, the lyrical composition itself. Uh, but I just felt like it's just a, oh, almost a run of the mill reggae song that we come to know from the band. Uh, and uh, at this point, yeah, after what we're at with song nine, yeah, I'm just kind of, yeah, maybe I just at this point, I'm just like, maybe I'm having a harder time appreciating it just because of every, a couple of things that came before it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, we're uh, not that it's the worst song on here, but uh, 
I felt like, again, it's just like, oh, that's really nice. But yeah. And then again, next. Let's move on to track 10. This is Shadows in the Rain. What a waste of a great 80s song title. That's yeah. all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was pretty much exactly my point. Yeah, I said. I, Chris, I, too. All right, moving on. All right, you want me to jump in? Okay. Uh, yeah, I just had it meanders for five minutes. Um, there's five just, minutes. It's just a vibey song with no, but, there, but there's no real song anywhere. Um, I don't know. I don't know why I tried to look into this more than I did. Again, it just sounds like somebody up here. Just a general song about letting go out in the exposed world. Just again, just you're just out in the rain, yeah, amongst your own people or whatever. I don't know your own group. I don't, I don't even know why I even tried. <laughs> again, this is probably like the extreme uh, version of like voices, where again, where you're waiting. For, okay, it just goes for five minutes. You're waiting for, and then you're like, oh, it's over. Okay, yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, I can see why I dropped my score a half point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those moments. Uh, so they just anyway, can't finish strong, can they? No, I, I agree. I, I said the same thing. I'm like, it was a good it was a good mood piece, but I don't know if it was as necessary to the, the discography. It's For again five it's one minutes. of it's again, it's one of those things where it's it's cool. I appreciate it. There was like another song, I forgot what, but it might have been on the last record, or even on the first record where oh, was it uh Makoto? I think I think it was that song. Where it seems like something that they would kind of just play live while, you know, Sting is introducing the band or has some kind of social commentary or something. And then they would, you would just talk over that jam and it's cool. And I don't know. It's, it's tough. Like, what, what is worth going on a record and what's not? Because I'm sure there's people that would want to hear that, this. And, you know, they put the work in to write it, but it's like, eh, should it have taken up vinyl space or not? I don't know. I mean, yeah. Yeah, they're not selling me on this on these types of songs. <laughs> you know, they just haven't. Yeah, they only have two Enough more attempts. Yeah. yeah, with the vamp, you like they needed more time in the studio to flesh it out, or you know, make it us to give it a, a more coherent structure. Or it's it's weird to complain that a band with five records, like they should have just cut stuff. <laughs> you should have had yeah. less music from you guys. They only had five records, and they're pretty well known. I don't know how many records they sold in total, but uh, again, we're kind of just probably merging the careers of Sting and uh, the just at least the status of Stewart. Uh, more uh, than uh, Andy as well, but you know that just that's just how it is. Yeah. Well, time to close this thing out um, yep. <laughs> with an instrumental. The other way of stopping.
I will say it's uh, it sounds a little bit better being uh, sped up a little bit, <laughs> like, a, <laughs> like it just came through my uh, speakers. But uh, but unfortunately, yeah, just the normal one. I don't think they could have written a more uninspiring instrumental track <laughs> uh, with a wasted guitar melody from Andy. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know where this is. This is the part where I again these last two songs where I really had to try and kind of yeah just be professional about yeah just listening to it and just making my notes and I just. Uh, yeah, this it, is just it, not, you know. Yeah, there's just nothing here. <laughs> I appreciate. I appreciate like the technique because it sounds to me, and I know Andy has done this before, yeah. where he does a lot of those natural harmonics. Yeah, I, that, and it sounds yeah. and and I appreciate the fact that he's like incorporating that into his playing, but it's like I don't know if that's really gonna save the song, like something that would make me want to go back to this. Yeah, and and he's, I, he's 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 done that at another big hit songs where it's like okay, I I appreciate it there. I didn't. It doesn't really do a whole lot for me here, but no, I know what you the, mean. It's like these last two songs, it's like, eh, I don't know. This song was so inspiring for me that I didn't even finish my comment. I just <laughs> left a sentence hanging at the end. Kind of hope comment. they improve the back half of the. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll never know. Yeah, the song just crashed into the station. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, do. I take the garbage out. <laughs> it's, it sounds like a, uh, a a '90s guitar um, instrumentalist, you know, like a a Joe Satriani or Michelangelo Badio, yeah. and and you're just gonna hear that like fat tone come over it, and it never comes, and just kind of vamps out. It's like, why did they end with two vamps? Oh, what kind of there. like what kind of <laughs> thought process went into get, like, ending up with that at the end of your third LP? Like it just were they, they, they like wow this is really good guys like who's saying that what happened to a closer I've never heard an album just vamp out for ten minutes just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, they didn't have any closer yeah, ideas was, uh, yeah well, I'm trying to think what was the last one where I mean, where even the bombs last two away would have were... been funny like that would have been a good place for bombs away I guess like, right. bombs away on this one yeah I'm trying to think what were the last what was the last record where we had like two or three like were the uh, like at the end where that were just total garbage yeah <laughs> do you remember or do we have any where uh, the last record where it just that just fell off the cliff yeah, I like mean the, they like didn't the last do two too well where it wasn't just a closer it was like the one before it and maybe yeah like the I'm I mean to uh, the outlandios Joe Moore uh, only had two loves in the last three songs oh, okay. well, that's okay. be, be my girl and my Tanga. yeah the last two on that one yeah. Ooh, uh, that, everyone was yeah, terminating the back end on that, but yeah, we'll, we'll wait until we get to the. I don't want to ruin it for our uh, for our audience, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at other records too. I mean, uh, everyone hated the end of Made in Heaven, but that was only the last two tracks. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I just I've never seen that before. I've just never seen a band just decide to vamp out for the past like this. Like it's. <laughs> and that's where it where it makes sense that this was rushed because maybe they only had like six or seven you know you can even say arguably i'm i feel like there was parts i I feel like there's like about you know six or seven good songs on here but maybe even some parts of those songs were rushed and and maybe like a uh, do 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 or whatever i'm not gonna go back and try to figure out what the title is but even (laughs) that i mean yeah maybe he was trying to comment on pop songwriting but also maybe that was a cover-up and he just couldn't think of like a or like a bombs away it's like ah this is all i can kind of come up with and we need this record to be out so uh let me just rush this and it almost seems like that's kind of what happened on these last two songs too like they had these ideas but they didn't have enough to put melodies to them and i mean this is a 
and this is a songwriting band. I mean, or Sting being a, you know, one of the yeah. well more renowned songwriters, and to, to the idea that they they just pressed record in the studio and captured their warm up sessions. Um, right. I mean, that would be a cool record to listen to. That's just kind of like a bonus record for the geeks, like right. not your third album where you right. just. I appreciate it, but it's just not really a song. And I'm listening. To, I'm trying to find songs in the discography that aren't every breath you take and and everything. And yeah, I don't know. Man in a suitcase is cool, but uh, the last eight minutes of vamping was just just so useless. <laughs> yep. All right, Chris. We, uh, I think it's your time. Done here. We're done, <laughs> Chris. Seven for yeah, the buy. First one, two, you. three. Correct answers gets an extra buy or terminate. Chris, you have one that you have not yet used in the next this album or the Ghost in the Machine album. So uh, I think I might save it. Still, I know I've had that one kind of hanging over. I just uh, okay. Saving it for Ghost in the Machine. So, Zenyatta Mandata, who gets the extra buyer term? All right. Take it away, ready Chris. Here? Okay, mm-hmm. we're going to start with a uh, multiple-choice question here. Okay, um, which one of these was not a reason the band struggled to record the album in a timely and comfortable manner? Um, was it A, uh, had festival gigs booked right in the middle of the short recording schedule? Uh, B, Andy Summers became a father? Or C, uh, couldn't record at their normal studio in London because of ta- uh, tax reasons? You can let me know oh, if you want oh, to repeat all that. I think that was Mark. Um, I'm probably going to bomb out at this, but I do believe that they were able to record at their normal studio. Um, so you're, yeah, so you're, oh, so C, you're saying C. Yes, correct. correct. Uh, no, that's incorrect, actually. They did have okay. to move to a different studio. Um, it was Air Studios of- or something I read. Right. Uh, they wanted to, but uh, yeah, because of the uh, yeah, because of pressure from the label to pull it out of uh, yeah, out of London. Yeah, they had to go. Uh, I can't remember what studio. I think it might have been. Yeah, I think it was out of England actually. Um, so I uh, Mark bombs out early. Oof. Okay, okay. that's all right. Yeah. Bombs away. I'm sure he's right, crushed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, question number two: True or false? Uh, Don't stand so close to me. Came out of Sting's past experience of being a school teacher. I think that was Alex. I think I heard Alex before that, yeah. That that is true. Yeah, you were correct. Yeah. Um, All right, Alex gets that one. I got a first ding there. (laughs) All right, we got the triple ding. I don't know what to see. Um, You won the last one. All right, here we go. Okay, Uh, according to Andy Summers, uh, uh, this is a true or false, um, the band was so crunched for time that when they re-listened to the remixes they spent a lot of time on after getting back from a bunch of festival dates, uh, they hated them and remixed it for one final time in one day. I think that was Alex. (laughs) Um, I might bomb out here, but I'm just going to say what I remember reading... I feel like they remixed one song, and I know they re-recorded two. I think the two singles off this album in 1986 when they tried doing a reunion, and then they put it out on like you know greatest hits stuff down the road. But um, that's what I'm gonna say. I'm not. I'm not gonna say they remixed the whole record, but maybe like one or two select songs. Okay, you know that's weird. You might I might pull that one back. Uh, yeah, just from what I read, it sounded like they did re- they remixed the yeah, the whole record in 24 hours or whatever. Oh, okay, that's possible. Um, I might. Be yeah, you know what? I'm gonna. Yeah, I'll have to re look because what you said. I mean, is 
very in depth, and I'm sure that's there's probably some truth to that. So we'll give a neutral on that one. We'll just yeah, so yeah, so we're not gonna yeah we're not gonna bomb anybody out on that one. Um, okay. Um, all right, here we go. Um, true or false? Uh, the album title, rough translation from an African dialect, means "touch the sky." True or false? Oh, my horse is not working, but I know it. Beep 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 beep. beep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, that is false. Uh, there is no, re- there's like a loose meaning to it. They're just kind of like made up. Well, yeah, the words are made up. Correct. The that made up. True. Okay. Alex gets too. Can he, let's see if he can clinch it. It seems. Yeah. Kevin needs but, to wake up. Is he frozen again? I, I <laughs> can't, I can frozen barely on the hear Chris's here. stuff. It's fine. Am know. I not coming through? Can you hear me at all or? No, that, it's just. Just keep going. It doesn't matter. By the time I hit the button, Alex has got it, and I can't even hear when Alex hits the button. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah, let's see how Alex does on, uh, on this one. I don't know. <laughs> okay, here, here we go. Okay, despite uh, being the album that officially positioned the band as international superstars, uh, the album didn't reach number one in England or the U.S. I saw oh. Kevin. Did Kevin buzz in on there? No, did- I did not. Not yet. <laughs> you might as well. You're down 0-2. What's the Alex, true false. What is, what's he doing? I can't tell if he's looking at a Wikipedia. Page yeah, he's not. just. <laughs> no, I'm he's not. Okay, so are you? Do you want to get a shot? Not, he's not no, buzzing in. <laughs> I'll save Alex because it doesn't matter because I'm not like, getting three right of these anyway. Okay, what are you gonna um, say? You say it did not. Yeah, I'm gonna go false. I it must have reached number one in one of those countries. It didn't. Big hits though. Wait, hold on a second. Uh, yeah, you're right. It did reach, yeah, a number one in the UK. Yeah, you were correct. Yes, right. you got With that. Okay. Oh, wow. Hey. Oh, oh, coming nice. back. Catch it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. True or false? Uh, Hypnosis, famous for doing Pink Floyd's album covers, composed the cover for the D Do 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 single. True or false? Oh man, I don't know that. Yes. I feel like this is a qu- trick question, maybe. Okay. Because so- I know they did one of the singles, and I can't remember which one, but I think it is D Do Do Do, so I'm going to say true. Oh, you're right. Oh, yes. Oh, he's oh, coming oh, back. He's back. Oh, hit the next gear. Okay. He's ready to round the turn. Al's looking in his rear view mirror. All of a sudden, he sees Kevin's car right there. Yeah. Put him back there on the last right. turn. All right, I gotta see, man. I wasn't expecting to burn through all my questions. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's see if I have any other. Uh, we got that one. We got that one. There's okay. one trivia question that I'm waiting for you to ask because I know the answer to it, but I don't know if it's in your questions. Okay. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, yeah, this we'll just do the last one. We'll see. This could be just a fire question, anybody, because we did kind of talk about it in the discussion. All right, which one of these, uh, this is a multiple choice, which one of these was not uh, written strictly by Stuart Copeland? Uh, was it A, Bombs Away, B, Man in a Suitcase, or C, The Other Way, uh, way of Stopping? Ah, shit. <laughs> yeah, that's, the, that's my reaction to it, Alex. <laughs> I don't know. Come on, all right, am I going to have to, I don't have the marbles, luckily for you guys. I don't know what happened to him. 
I don't know. I'll just. Uh, I don't want to bomb out now that I got two in a row. I've got a question. If you want to punt on this one, no, we're no. They gotta. Yeah, no, they, come they worked hard. Yeah, this. they gotta. They gotta earn their. Uh, they gotta earn their buyer terminate here. All right. What were the three songs again? You said "Man okay. in a Suitcase," bombs, uh, "Bombs Away," Away or the other way of stopping. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess. I really don't know the answer to this, but okay. I'm gonna say "Man in a Suitcase." Oh, you are correct. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, nice. oh, Whoa. That was just total found guys? that last push over the line there. Yeah, that was pretty uh, good. I feel bad for you, Kevin. That was, uh, that was a total no, guess. Interesting. So, yeah, all right, Alex gets the, the triple ding there. And now, My uh, Wikipedia page was enough. closed on that one. That was yeah. a guess. Okay. And now, love it or flush it. All right, tonight's order inverse of the opening statement. So it'll be me, Mark, Chris, and Kev. So let's start it off with uh, the first single, Don't Stand So Close to Me, I believe. Is, is that right? Is that the first single? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, I'm going to give this one a love. You know, uh, Mark having us play the, the uh, very opening seconds of the song, just with that synth and intro and just welcoming in the 80s, just made me love it even more. And. Um, yeah, a song that I've heard quite a bit, and uh, one, one that I really didn't know a lot about the background uh, lyrically, uh, Dark Song. Um, but yes. yeah, I love this one on a lot, so big, big love. Uh, Mark? I second that big love. Chris? Uh, same here, yeah. Big love, you can't deny it. And Kev? Four out of four for me. All right. Cool. Track two, Driven to Tears, uh, as... Uh, hinted at earlier, my favorite song gonna be my bye bye here. Driven to tears, favorite song on the album, Mark. Um, I like it a lot too. I I don't know. Well, you know, I love it. I love it a lot. It's it's definitely a uh, a a fun song. It makes stuff like this at the top of the album makes me really regret what they did at the bottom of the album. Especially like this, you know, when we talked about that. Now we go back to, oh, I remember that song. They had a lot of, there was a lot of depth to that song. What happened? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. big love. Chris? Uh, yeah, another big love for me. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's got the goods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Kev? You know what, Alex? I'm going to be joining you on the bye. Hey. All right. Track three. When the world is running down, you make the best of what's still around. I uh, love the groove. Don't mind the title. Uh, and this is one that I think they still played on like their, their last tour. So that was cool to see. Um, so yeah, love this one. Not too repetitive, and I, I enjoy the groove. Mark? I'm a bit softer on this one. Um, the title shouldn't influence my decision too much, but it really annoys me. Um, I guess I guess, I guess, you can sell me on the groove. I'll, I'll, give it a, a, I'll give it a step forward. I like that groove. It's, it's good. Yeah. All right, Chris. Uh, this I'm trying to think if I want to. You know what? I'm I'm just gonna give this one a big love. I, I was gonna buy it, but I think I'm gonna save my buy for. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. All right. Uh, and yeah. Kev. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a love as well. I'm probably closer to Mark on the softer side, but I still love. All right, track four, the cleanup spot, Canary and <laughs> a coal mine. <laughs> I like this, this one. Mark. Uh, oh, here we go. You know, I'm actually going to have to agree with Alex on this one. I know it's, it's got the chicken arms and, and, all, and all that going on, but this one has got a stain power. It's it's offensive in the four spot, 
but it isn't so offensive that it should be off the album as some other songs should be. So I will I will take one, one little ditty from the police. Right, Give okay. it a squeeze. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, I like being exposed to new genres of, uh, you know, such as speed, uh, yacht rock. Uh, so yeah, I gotta, I'm, I'm going to give it a love. Yeah. It's just a, it's three just, for three so far. Yeah. Kevin, Kev? the hoedown. You're going to kill it. Well, I think I'm going to put that water hose down and flood the coal mine. So it's going to be a flush. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, voices inside my head. Uh, yeah, I'll give this one a light squeeze. I liked it. Uh, yes, it is long and repetitive, but I just the drum sound and uh, Stuart's drumming, especially towards the end where he starts kind of throwing more fills in there, I, I enjoy it. It's like, oh, I'm kind of glad I stuck around to the end to hear him do that, that stuff. So uh, uh, a light squeeze for me, Mark. Um, yeah, it gets the flush. one of those mysterious songs that'll never be known because i never took any notes on it it was just that forgettable yeah <laughs> like Chris? i said before uh, overly repetitive and bland uh so it uh doesn't deserve to die but uh it deserves to dwell in the uh in the underbelly of society thank <laughs> <laughs> right. you I feel like Alex is taking it a little easy on this album. I'm just putting that out there. Try <laughs> to <laughs> justify soft that seven spot, up maybe. top. I do. I like this. All right. Well, it's going to be fun. All right. And I believe the final song on side one, Bombs mm-hmm. Away. Uh, yeah, this one's going to get the flush. For me, my first blush here. Yeah, anything that makes me long for the days of Roger Waters era dominated Floyd definitely is getting the flush. So follow that up with another. All right. I. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna flush it, but uh, I'll give it a very light squeeze. Yeah, where it's kind of it's near the bowl, but it's not quite in the uh, in the water Chris, yet. Yeah, the there lyricist. was enough of it that made me laugh. And the lyricist, yeah. the group, the word yeah. belly. All right, and Kev. <laughs> Chris, you're selling yourself short as the lyrics guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I. I don't know. Like I said, it's. It's a weird song. Yeah, I don't know. It's okay. Yeah. Stuff that fat general down the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> William or unwilling, there he goes. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, just based on the musical presentation, I couldn't defend the lyrics enough. Because, I, mean, I mean, when you have a song, the music has to back it up at least yeah, more than 50%, 60%, which it doesn't here. It's just all over <laughs> the place. So, But, again, there's like, it put a smile on my face. So I, I can't kill it completely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. uh, let's flip that record over and open it up with de-do-do-do, de-da-da-da. Uh, gonna give this one a love. Yeah, the song title uh, could be more thought out and better, but hey, if that was the point, I guess I gotta back it. Verses are great. Love the, the delayed guitar around 240. 
Uh, solid single. So gets the love for me, Mark. Uh, I would honestly be buying this song if it weren't for that chorus. I think this this had mm. such potential to be something great that it wasn't will not take away from it. So strong love for me. All right. Uh, well, I guess uh, I'll take it from you then, Mario. I'll, I'm going to pull out my credit card. If you don't want it, I'll I'll take it. Yeah, it, uh, that's fine. It's a song that shouldn't work, even despite the title, but it, it does in a big way. The music's very strong. Uh, the, the vocals are great. And the yeah, um, like I said, the only thing that annoyed me was just that duh in front of the, which I didn't realize for years that that was actually there. Yeah, I'm surprised you've been listening to this song for years. I never heard it before. Oh, where have <laughs> yeah. you been? I don't know. <laughs> Not living, I guess. Not living enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and Kev, wrapping it up. Uh, if this were, if I had won the trivia, this would have been my second buy. So it's going to be a strong love for me. Okay. And track eight, behind my camel, uh, instrumental track. I believe it won an award. A Grammy? I believe so. I, I may have read that wrong, but I think it won something for an instrumental track. Yeah, it did track. for best uh, rock instrumental. Yeah, 1981, I, I think. Yeah. I feel like that's always the very low bar that albums get. <laughs> Just to say they got a Grammy. Let's yeah. put an instrumental on there. Yeah, well, I'm going to give it a little love. I, I like it as a mood piece. It is a little, little weird. I, I feel like it doesn't necessarily fit on the record, but I appreciate it for what it is. And uh, yeah, maybe Sting singing on it was a good thing. Who knows? Who, who's to say? Who knows what his ideas does, were? So, does does anybody think that it's hilarious that he tried to bury the tape and it ends up winning a Grammy? Yeah, I mean, come on, Mark. Um, I'm going to have to. Well, at least it's not a vamp. It gets a squeeze. Chris, yeah, I'll join the uh, squeeze brigade of Mark. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I feel, I feel like I'm just giving because it's you're just throwing Andy some respect as much as I don't didn't really come back to this song, but um, it does okay. It's 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 unique enough where I guess it kind of gives the album some uh, a little bit of uh, momentum, maybe or more than it should. Uh, but yeah, it's hard thinking again. Just be all the music that we've listened to when you've got songs like the Brazilian and other where they're just full. Yeah, kind of like musical, like journey pieces. But again, this is 1980. This is six years earlier. Yeah, I, uh, so maybe that was fresh then. I don't know. But listening to it with my ears, it was kind of like, okay, there's yeah, there's better stuff out there. <laughs> All right, but, but I'll but I'll give it the yeah, it, give it a love for me. All right, track nine, man in a suitcase. I uh, gotta say that this might be where the album ends for me here. But uh, I'm gonna keep it around. I happen to like this one. Uh, like I said, I, I feel like it kind of maybe foreshadows some of that 90s Sky Revival, which I uh, will admit I am a fan of. Not everybody is, but I'm a fan of. And uh, yeah, I like it. Mark. Strangely, I am going to be giving this one the bye. Mm-hmm. Um, the wow. song is sweet and short. I feel like it, it is, um, you know, you, you mentioned it being uh, 90s and ska and, and everything, but uh, this is 1980. That's cool. Like, it's the oh, definitively police. Like, it, it is very police. I feel like it belongs on a list. I feel like it belongs in their story, even if it is too literal. There's a lot of good stuff going on here. I I like D-do-do-do-do, whatever. Um, <laughs> I like Driven to Tears better as songs, but I feel like this is a stronger buy, and everyone else bought those too, so those will be represented regardless. Sure. Chris? Uh, yeah, maybe you guys made me look at it a little bit more in a positive light, uh, even though I took me a while to kind of remember this song, but I'll give it, uh, I guess I'll give it a light squeeze. Yeah. 
All right, Hank Hef. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, join the the like uh, on this song actually. So uh, I could see this one even growing uh, in the future. Is if I. Now continue listening to this album to this point after Bombs Away. It's not quite <laughs> man on the corner, but Yeah. Alright. Track ten. Great song title. Didn't necessarily need it on the album. Can I have to flush shadows in the ring? <laughs> and this one gets the launch key. It's just <laughs> terrible. Good. Yeah, I was trying to figure out like which one do I hate more. You know, which, <laughs> which I picked this one because it was longer. Five. Yeah, I, know I should do that, but uh, okay, I'll keep it alive because of the vibe. But I'm not, that doesn't mean it. As far as once it's on the drain, I'm not responsible for what it happens to it ultimately. <laughs> yeah. So, so you you're gonna it. give it a flush. I'm gonna give it a flush. Yeah. <laughs> I do like some of the instrumentation. I know Alex talked about the bass and the drums. I'm like, okay, like I'll give it, okay, yeah. Not, not kill-worthy, but yeah. All right, and Kev. Yeah, I've been, never been more disappointed in a song title, and I thought this was going to be like a Walking on the Moon Part 2 or something sure. in the title. Yeah, man, oh, that would have been great. Come on. Gets the T. He's offended. He's An offended. insult. <laughs> a personal insult. And not the kind of song to listen to when you're driving home late or you just kind of start nodding. <laughs> just like, like I, yeah. I do have a question. It's like NyQuil. Did, did, I, did <laughs> I miss Alex's second buy? Uh, he oh, do it. shoot. I did win, right? I do need a second buy. Yeah. I thought yeah. you were double teeing up the uh, end of the No, album. you're right. Um, you it's going to be the other way of stopping. Were... It's got to be. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are we going to switch around? Maybe I'll do 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 is my second buy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go driven to tears in that one. Okay. Um, and yeah, I haven't been terminated one yet, and this is where it happens. They should have stopped. Uh, the other way of stopping. <laughs> they should have stopped. <laughs> uh, Mark. And I, I just got to uh, throw this in here just, you know, just to kind of put us in our place as far as a generation, you know, like maybe you listen to this as a vinyl, maybe you listen to this, at, you know, you know, on a tape, you know, in your car in the 80s or whatever. But, you know, like when we grew up listening to music, what we would do is we would hunt and pack around Kaza or Napster or whatever, and we would pick what sounded good by the song title. And you would see a song like Police Shadows in the Rain. I'm there. I'm downloading that one. Like, you know, the other way of stopping. That sounds like it could be pretty intellectual. Well, it wasn't. You know, both of these. Goodbye. I wish I had two T's. This one gets a flush. (laughs) (laughs) And even where it's just a very literal title, too, and it doesn't really roll off the tongue. Yeah, but this is one of the... Harsher terminates for me. Yeah, it's just a massive wasted opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> just a savage no, terminate. No comment, just the sound. <laughs> uh, oh, well, that that was for Chris, right? Oh. It was a harsher ter- Yeah, that is. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that the other way of stopping for me apparently is just stopping my comment halfway through yeah. my notes. <laughs> yeah. So the other, it other gets way the flush. <laughs> we will never know what you intended for <laughs> It will be a great mystery of the world.
<laughs> oh. All right. That'll be it. That album right. ends on a laugh, unfortunately. So much for those critics. What do they know? Uh, the finest rock albums of all time, uh, all music critic. Um, uh, highly pronounced the groove. I don't know. Rolling Stone love this. Man, the professional ratings of this are just burying the needle on the high end. And, well, I still feel like uh, it's reversed its uh, uh, its downward trajectory that I might have given it out of six. I might give it a 6.5 because some of the moments here are quite golden, uh, specifically do-do-do-do uh, and the verse work. So I think I'll go 6.5 on this. I just don't know where people are getting nines out of. Yeah. I will say it's the best sounding record, like I said earlier, that they've done so, so far. far but, yeah. Yeah, but again, I just wish, mm-hmm. yeah, that there was more here to enjoy. I'll probably stick with the six. Yeah. Yeah, I'll okay. stick with where I'm at with seven as well. Bump me up to a six. I don't feel it's quite as bad as 5.5. And any album where I'd like to buy at least two tracks, I feel is it's at least a solid six. So we mm-hmm. pulled it out of the, uh, yeah. All right. Well, it stays out of the mediocre territory for us all. And, you know, it, it seems like the last, I mean, the first record being the great one. Uh, I didn't really think that going into it, but I guess I can kind of see it now. Um, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what they're bringing for the last two records. Uh, I do know that the next record, foreshadowing a bit, because I actually started listening to this one before I realized that that was the wrong record to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, like it's, it's, a, it's a darker record. It might be a bit more of a fair warning for those who are yeah. fans of the Van Halen record, fair warning, taking a little bit of a darker turn. Um, you know, maybe, you know, it could be one of those timeless records too, being that uh, it is, you know, Ghost in the Machine and the dehumanization of people for technology. A uh, great timeless topic to come up with in the year 1982 or one or whatever they released this. 1981, and that still is relevant. I mean, it's been 30 years and uh, still good stuff, good topic. So I'm looking forward to that. And I uh, hope you are too, because we only have two albums left in the police discography. And we'll be coming up with something special. Maybe we'll continue these short ones. I don't know. Maybe you don't care at all. But, you know, please <laughs> just comment on us just so you we know what you're, what you're uh, uh, you know, appreciative of these shorter discographies and hopefully shorter shows so that you can get to the end of it and feel like you were also on a journey along with the band and weren't missing anything. Queen was fun. Queen was long. Pink Floyd was fun. Pink Floyd was long. We get it. Uh, but this has been uh, a nice little short journey and might have special album coming up for you because we try to do those every four four albums so with that in mind we will see you next week with 1981's ghost in the machine 